Welcome to the Healthy and Happy Podcast, a workshop-style podcast hosted by yours truly, Julie Boer. I'm a blogger and holistic nutrition coach on a mission to help women live healthier, happier lives and show up as the strongest, most confident version of themselves. In this podcast, we get real about all things nutrition, fitness, and personal development to help you cut through all the BS and transform your body and most importantly, your life. Sound good? Let's dive in. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to another episode of the Healthy and Happy Podcast. Now, if you've listened to my podcast or been on my social media or read my blog, you know that I am a huge fan of not touching your phone first thing in the morning because you're just inundated with other people's feelings and emotions and good news, bad news, and you pretty much start off your day comparing your lives to those around you and getting triggered by all of the events in the world. So I don't think that we should hide under a rug and just be naive about the state of the world right now, but that is not what we need to be taking in first thing in the morning. However, sometimes I do not take my own advice because I'm a human being. Surprise, surprise. And today I woke up, I was feeling groggy. Usually the first thing I click on my phone in the morning is my meditation app, but my little thumb went to Instagram. And despite my better judgment, I found myself scrolling. But today that's actually a good thing because that is the reason I'm recording a podcast because I saw something that inspired me, which is the good part about social media. So I'm not a social media hater. I do think that we can find value and encouragement and inspiration on there. I just think that it's our responsibility to create boundaries around how we are spending our time. So I'm scrolling on social media and I pop on to Lisa Oliveira's story. And I'm going to read it to you because I want to give my follow-up thoughts. This is what her story says. A reminder to creatives of all kinds, you don't need to wait until you get professionally published or get picked for something or get accolades or recognition or money before you take your art seriously, before you share it with the world, before you choose to express yourself in ways that feel soul enriching, before you validate your own work and gifts, before you consider yourself a creative. You don't need to create for a living or sell a single thing in order for your art to be worth something. Your creativity can be just for you. It can be published independently. It can be shared with neighbors or on social media or in a class, and that is enough. We so often think external factors are what make our work meaningful and important, but the pure existence and creation of it automatically makes it so. So yes, pursue your dreams. Yes, go after what you want. Yes, have goals. Yes, seek to be seen in wider ways if you're called to. But don't think those are the things that make you relevant or make your work matter. It already is and already does just by virtue of it coming from you. Keep going. I dropped my phone. I was like, this is it, sister. I need to print out this story from Instagram, put it on my whiteboard right in front of my desk where I can see it every single day because I needed this reminder so much. And today I'm going to be sharing with you how this relates to my own career and my own transitions in my career as it relates to motherhood. Hopefully you can find some relatable points in my story. If you've ever been through a career transition or you've ever wanted to make a living doing what you love or you have started making a living doing what you love, such as turning your side hustle into your full-time passion and then the pressure and the imposter syndrome grew to be too much and you're finding it hard to grow beyond your current growth edges, this podcast will be helpful for you. 
So I'll start by sharing a little bit of my story. I graduated with a degree in advertising and public relations, and then I actually worked at a news agency and then an advertising agency post-graduation. And as I was working at the advertising agency, I was really getting into fitness, and that's when I started my Health Nut Julie blog back in 2011, 2012, so nearly a decade ago, which is crazy to think about, but I was just so motivated. I was so passionate. I absolutely loved fitness. I loved working out. That was like the bodybuilding era kind of on social media when Instagram was just starting and everybody was sharing those grainy pictures of their food and women started sharing their workouts online for the first time. So everything in my space was fitness. And I started sharing my own workouts, my recipes, all of that on my Tumblr blog, which inevitably led me to want to pursue it as a career. Now, you'll notice a trend and a theme in my life. Everything I do, I want to turn into a business (laughs) because I've become so passionate about it. And I know so many people can relate to that especially if you have an entrepreneurial spirit. You're like, oh my God, I love this. I need to share it with everyone. I need to create a greater impact. How can I do that? And so at that point, while I was still working at the advertising agency, I decided to get my personal training certification. So I got my personal training certification, started training clients in person, started working out of this tiny little gym, a personal training gym, but I was mostly driving around to people's homes and training them out of their homes, or they would come to me and I would train them. And I loved it. So I would work my normal eight to five, which was an hour away. So I had an hour commute to work and from work. I would be working out myself and training myself in the morning because I was super dedicated. Woke up at 5 a.m. to make all that happen. And then after work, I would spend time training clients. Eventually, you see how I am very short on time and I wanted to make an even greater impact, which is why I started online fitness coaching. So not only was I working full-time at my advertising agency, I was training people in person and then I also started training people online. And this was all amazing. I loved it so much, but eventually something had to give and I ended up leaving my advertising job because I was making just as much money through my personal training side hustle as I was my advertising job. Now, I'll just give a side note here and say I got a lot of slack from people in my family, not my parents, but my extended family saying, you're giving up your 401k. This is irresponsible. This is the safe route. You're supposed to stay at your full-time job. You're supposed to work your way up the corporate ladder. What are you doing? And at that time, what I had always said was I will give myself three months. If I don't make any money or somehow all my clients go away and I can't figure it out, I will go back and get another full-time job. Spoiler alert, that never happened. That was almost 10 years ago now. And here we are. But I gave myself a little bit of a safety net. I didn't just jump ship going into this with an idea that I could make money. I was legitimately making enough money that I could sustain my livelihood at least for a few months if things kept going how they were going. And then I also gave myself a time deadline and said, okay, I have three months to increase my income to X. If that's not happening, then I either need to get a part-time job to supplement this or go back and get another full-time job. But I've always kind of set milestones for myself to reassess and see where I'm at and ask myself, is this still working for me? Okay, three months have gone by in my personal training business. Is this still working for me? Do I need to pivot? Do I need to go more online? Do I need to do less online? Do I need to do more in person, less in person? And then at that time, I actually started interning at a strength and conditioning facility, which is where I met Mark. You all know that story. I did that for about a year. Then Mark got stuck in Canada because he's from Canada. I ended up moving up here with him. We got married. And at that point, I transitioned my business to all online. And around that time is when I transitioned from only fitness coaching to a mixture of fitness and nutrition, which is when I got my nutrition certification and eventually all to nutrition. And then now we're transitioning more into lifestyle, nutrition, mindset, 
although that's kind of what it has been for the past couple of years. All of that, I just wanted to give you a little bit of background so you know a little bit of my story. I know I've shared it before, but it's been a while. And I love hearing other people's entrepreneurial journeys. Especially when I was becoming a mom, I always thought like, I'm gonna lose myself in motherhood. I don't know if I'll have that same entrepreneurial spirit, that same drive to be creative and create art. And I do, however, I do have to prioritize making time to be creative, which we can talk about in a bit. So today, as we're talking about creativity and creating art, I wanted to share, now that you have the context of kind of the very shortened version of my career timeline thus far, where my creativity has ebbed and flowed, because maybe you can relate or maybe you can take something away from this. So when I first started blogging, it was out of pure love for fitness. Fitness was so new to me. Weight training was so new to me. I loved it. And I was so inspired. I think I blogged every single day and I had no intention of, okay, I'm going to make this a business. I'm going to make money off of it. I want this to be successful. It was just like, I loved this recipe last night. Let me share it. Or I love this workout I just did. Let me share it. And of course, as the rise of social media has happened, that kind of started to influence my work because I'm like, oh, people are actually making money doing this kind of stuff. Like, I'm going to share this anyway. I'm super passionate about it. So why don't I start to try to create another source of income here? And that has happened multiple times where I'm like, okay, I want to make a bigger impact. I want to have a bigger reach. I want to be able to put food on the table for myself or my family or create multiple streams of income so that I'm financially stable and secure. How do I do that? How do I turn what I love into a career? That is the goal. That is the dream, right? And you are not selfish for wanting to do that. If you want to make a career out of doing what you love, it is your right to also be financially compensated for that. As long as you're not a sleazeball who's trying to scam people or anything like that. We all have a right to our creativity. And if we want to turn our art and creative pursuits into something that also allows us to pay our bills, keep the lights on, put food on the table for our family, that is totally fine. And that is the dream, isn't it? Being able to wake up, love what you do, and make a living from it. And that's always kind of been my driving force. Like, I want to make a living doing what I love. I want to wake up inspired and passionate and truly just share from a place of giving in my heart and in return, in exchange for that, be compensated financially so that I do have the resources and the energy to keep giving from that place. What I found happened, especially in the very early days when I didn't have as much business knowledge, I hadn't worked with any career or business coaches, was that I would set these goals. Okay, I'm going to get X number of clients or I want to reach this number of people from my blog. And I started kind of attaching these arbitrary numbers to my art or to my creativity. I started to feel a lot of pressure. And I don't know if this is your experience, but when I start to feel a lot of pressure around my creativity, it's very hard to be creative. If you've ever read The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, he talks a lot about resistance and the difference between being an amateur and a professional. The professional shows up no matter what. So they create the time and space to be creative. They schedule creative time into their calendar. They don't get bogged down by that pressure. They just do what they got to do no matter what. That was not me. I was like amateur 101. (laughs) Just thinking that I was going to write this blog, people are going to show up at my doorstep, want to work with me. And then when that wasn't happening, I felt like there was something wrong with me or something wrong with my art. Like maybe this isn't good enough. Maybe I should stop doing this. This person over here is doing exactly what I'm doing and they're making 10K months or whatever the popular thing was back then. 
and I'm not making anything. What is wrong with me? And that is the issue. When you start to think there's something wrong with you because your art is not as popular or as influential as you hoped it would be, it's very easy to get down on yourself. And it almost makes you feel like your work is not valid or it's not important, which is why I loved what Lisa posted because she said, you don't need to be professionally recognized. You don't need to get your book published or have all these sources of outside validation in order for your work to matter. Your work does matter. So I spent so many years chasing that validation, whether it was through, I want X number of people to sign up for my program or buy my fitness training program, or I want this amount of people to read my blog or follow me on social media. I kept setting these goals that actually didn't really mean anything to me. At the time, I thought it was signaling the fact that I wanted to have a greater impact, but now I understand that the impact is so much greater, not based on numbers, but based on how much care and love and creativity you pour into your work, no matter how many people are watching or listening or reading or buying. And what really hit home for me was when I did receive, like, my life's goal (laughs) was to get a book published. I've always, since I was a child, wanted to write a book. So when a publisher approached me about writing a book, at first I thought it was a scam because I was like, no way, this is too good to be true. What the heck and Bob? Like, what do they see in me? I only have a few thousand social media followers. Like, this can't be real. Well, spoiler alert, it was real. (laughs) It was an actual publishing company and I did in fact publish a book. And you would think at that point, I'd be like, wow, my work is actually legit. I'm making a difference in the world. People see value in what I'm doing. But around that time that I published my book, And it could, in fact, be the fact that this coincided at the exact moment that I was giving birth to Leo, my first son. I just had this, like, breakdown, imposter syndrome, what the fuck am I doing with my life kind of spiral. And this has been my dark night of the soul for the past year and a half, if I'm being honest. And this is very vulnerable for me to share because I haven't really shared this at this level of depth, but I feel that I'm in a place now where I'm on the upswing and I can talk about this because I have had the opportunity to reflect on it. I'm not so much in it anymore because I never feel comfortable sharing something when I'm in it and when I'm down and when I'm like struggling deeply. I always want to be able to offer a solution or insight or be able to have some time by myself to process it. So we're in that stage now. We're coming out the other side. But you would think that after I got that book published, that I would be so validated that I'd be like, hell yeah, I've made it. Let's work on the next big project and let's keep getting bigger from here. And truthfully, it was the opposite. I felt so much pressure after this book came out to create this perfect social media presence, to make all my content on my Instagram look a certain way to have these perfect podcasts and this perfect book launch period because that's what I had modeled to me because most people that I follow who have written books have much larger audiences. They have teams of people who are helping them create these epic book launches and promotional campaigns and all of this. And it's literally always just been me and my business. I'm a solo one woman show, but it was me comparing myself to these huge authors who put their book out, automatically become New York Times bestsellers and have huge teams of people helping them promote the book. That wasn't the case for me. My publishing company helped a little bit. I was pretty much on my own to promote this book. So I ran into two problems after the book came out. Number one, what I just said, that huge imposter syndrome, like, holy shit, I put my book out there. Who am I to do this? 
Am I getting the numbers that my publisher expects of me? Putting so much pressure behind the art as opposed to celebrating the fact that I had written every single thing that I knew up until that point about nutrition and wellness and creating a healthy and happy life into a book, a manual, something that people could have for the rest of their lives. Like this is my legacy. That book is going to be around for long after I'm alive, which is insane. How many people can say that? You would think I'd be like, oh my God, yes. But then the other thing that tripped me up was that that was pretty much the biggest life goal I set for myself professionally. I always wanted to write a book. I thought it was the end all be all holy grail. Like this will probably happen when I'm in my 30s or 40s and it happened in my 20s. So after it happened, I kind of was like, okay, what's next? And again, I had a baby at the same time that my book was coming out. So naturally, my priority and focus shifted to becoming a mother in that transition, whereas if it didn't happen simultaneously, and let's say it happened before I had kids, maybe it would have been different. Maybe it would have been like, okay, let's dream of the next book, and let's dream of this next project, and let's dream of how we can make this bigger and better. But the timing of it all kind of just made me be like, all right, well, that was that. Let's close that chapter. I wrote the book, said all I needed to say, my work here is done. And in my heart and soul, I felt that wasn't true. I've always felt this desire to share and create and produce art. And by the way, when I say art, I'm not just talking about painting or drawing or what you would consider to be traditional artwork. Art to me is writing, it's creating, it's dancing, it's teaching, athletics. There are a thousand other things that fit under the category of art. And whatever you create and produce, in my opinion, is art. And your art can only be validated by you. And like Lisa says in that post, you don't need to share it with anybody to validate it. You don't need to make money from it to validate it. It's worthy just because it exists, just because you created it. So here I've been at this crossroads where I'm like, okay, all my work here is done. I created the book. That was the end goal. And also, holy shit, I feel like an imposter. Like I have no idea where to go from here. I kind of just stopped creating if you didn't notice. (laughs) So many of you will message me and be like, Julie, I've listened to all of your podcasts five times. Can you please, for the love of God, create something new? But I would be lying if I said that those two things were not the reason that I just would start to create something. I'd be like, no, 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 this doesn't live up to the expectation that's now out there for me because I'm a published author. I've coached hundreds of people now. I had this idea in my mind that because I had achieved what I consider to be success, both in my coaching business, financially, becoming a published author, that the stakes were high. That if my next podcast episode wasn't as good as the one that everyone has messaged me about because they love so much and got X number of downloads, then I might as well just not do it because what's the point? It's too much pressure. And it's safer just for me to stay safe and comfortable and just say like, you know what? I'm done with my work here. I've said what I needed to say, which really translates to I'm just going to stay over here in my comfort zone. Here's the thing that I have discovered. The things that have been successful for me beyond my dreams, beyond my expectations, such as how much this podcast has grown or the fact that my book is published, those things did not in fact happen because I set out and said, okay, I'm going to start this podcast because I want to get 100,000 downloads within X amount of time, or I'm going to be a writer only because I want my book to be published. No. Those things came into my world as a result of me doing what I love, me sharing and creating art from a place of genuine, authentic transparency and just wanting to be real and wanting to share with you things that I love, things that have helped me, things that have made me a healthier and happier person. And isn't that the point? 
when I saw Lisa's post this morning, it really just felt like a full circle completion of the phase of my life where I have been doubting myself, where I've been putting so much pressure on my art and my creation to be perfect or to be next level or a little bit better than it was before. Do I want my art to keep getting better and the content I'm producing to keep getting better? Absolutely. But my mission now is to no longer let that stop me from creating in the first place. Because how is it ever going to get better if I don't create anything? If I just stay in my comfort zone, if I just stay where I'm at and say, oh, I'm done now. I've already reached my goals because that's what's safe and comfortable. I could easily do that. I've been doing that for a year, but it doesn't feel good. There's part of my soul that just misses creating for the sake of creating. And that's how I've started to shift my perception of this over the past month or two. I've started writing on my blog again, which is insane because I hadn't written on it in like literally two years. I don't want to do things just because they're popular. I want to do things that light my soul on fire. For example, I've tried to create the reels where I'm standing there pointing at all the phrases (laughs) because that's what works and that's what's popular and that's what gets attention and that's what helps you grow your business and blah, blah, blah. But I don't like it. And I don't want to do it anymore. And that's not to say I'll never do it again. Maybe I'll start to love it. But what I'm realizing is that the less authentic I am to myself, the more it feels forced. And the more it feels forced, the less I want to do it. So the less I create until I just don't do anything at all. So instead, I'm just taking it back to the basics. Back to before I found any quote unquote success with my book or my coaching business or my podcast. And just starting to create again for the love of creating. I love to write, clearly. I mean, I wrote a whole damn book. (laughs) And that is how this whole entire thing started in the first place is by me starting a blog. And that is one of my favorite ways to express myself. So I've started writing on my blog again, even though I don't even know if anybody reads blogs anymore. I love to do it and I love to share. And I know that if the right people want to find that blog post, they will. Just like I've had so many people find this podcast and message me and be like, hey, I literally have no idea what I was even searching for, but I searched something on Spotify, I found your podcast, and I felt like it landed in my lap at just the right time I needed to hear it the most. And that is our work as creatives. We're meant to be the creators, to put stuff out in the world that we feel passionate about and leave it up to God or the universe or whatever force that be out there that sends people into our orbit when they need it. We have no control over that. And the mistake is thinking that we can just use all these marketing practices and protocols and focus so much on putting our work out there, which yes, I'd be lying if I said that wasn't an important part of owning a business. But if that's your only focus, at least in my experience, that leaves me feeling unfulfilled. There's a delicate balance between how to keep pushing and driving to reach your goals while still maintaining the love you had for your art and creation. That is the million dollar question, isn't it? And that's something that I'm trying to wrap my head around and come to terms with. So if you've had this experience, I would love, love, love to hear from you. But the last thing I want to say is that at the end of your life, or I'll just speak from my experience, at the end of my life, I want to say that I spent every day doing something that I loved. Even if that looks like sharing one story on Instagram, that was super helpful for me. Or sharing my art by writing a blog post or creating a podcast and getting out of the way. It's not my responsibility who finds me, when they find me, if they decide to work with me. My responsibility is showing up daily, creating the space to be creative, and giving myself the opportunity to live a life that inspires me to want to create art. If this resonated with you, please come share with me on Instagram at Healthy Happy Podcast. This was a little bit different of a podcast, but again, this is on my heart. 
and what's on my heart becomes art. <laughs> Maybe I'll turn that into an Instagram caption and then hopefully promote it to reach so many people. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love that though. Art comes from the heart. What are you creating today? Whether it's drawing or doodling or writing or teaching in a classroom or sharing something you love with your neighbor, sharing a book recommendation that you love, painting, dancing, allow yourself to be childlike. Allow yourself to explore that creative side of you that we so often lose at adults when life becomes so serious and we have to pay our bills. We only get one shot at this life, so why not spend it doing something that we love on a daily basis? I love you so much. Keep creating, keep pushing forward, keep creating art for the sake of loving it and not for the sake of validation. And we will talk in the next episode. Bye. Hey, do me a favor. If you like this episode, please head to iTunes and leave a review so more people can find the podcast. Be sure to tag me on your Instagram story so I can show you some love for listening. See you soon.